Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hey, welcome into a special Mankato version of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here, riding solo. I'll be back with Judd very soon next week, but wanted to give you a quick update from the Vikings night practice. First of all, a very cool atmosphere if you didn't have a chance to, to go out. Perfect weather, big crowds, clearly people showing up to say goodbye to Mankato. So it was a, a very special night for a lot of Vikings fans who got to see the Vikings practice last night. And the first thing that I would say about the night practice was that for the most part, Sam Bradford showed up and put on a show for fans. It was very clear who the number one quarterback was. Uh, I don't think there's ever really been a question how talented Sam Bradford is, but when you see him practice, you get even a, an extra version of how skilled and how gifted he is physically. And he made some throws that brought the crowd to their feet uh, that were really cool. And he does that on a, on a daily basis, including one that was a bomb to Stefan Diggs over Xavier Rhodes that dropped right in perfectly. And it reminded me that Sam Bradford was one of the best deep throwers in the NFL last year. And I know that he has mentioned several times this offseason wanting to create more explosive plays. But last year, deep balls to Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs were not a problem. In fact, they were two of the better wide receivers in the league when it came to completion percentage on deep passes. It's just that Sam Bradford didn't throw that many deep passes. And that has probably a lot to do with the offensive line. It will be interesting to watch how many deep throws he ends up with this year. And if he's willing to take a few more risks down the field, uh, there were even some nice intermediate passes that got dropped in in practice. So Sam Bradford put on a show as you might expect. A couple other things that I had from notes from last night. One, Rashad Hill got hurt, but he's okay. His agent tweeted that he was all right, and several other players said that it wasn't a big issue for him. But when he went down on the practice field, it certainly served as a reminder that the Vikings did not decide to go out in free agency and add another tackle. And of course, the free agent market for tackles is pretty weak. 
but there were a handful of guys that had some experience, at least at the position, that were on the free agent market. And it doesn't seem that the Vikings went after those guys at all, which shows a lot of trust in Rashad Hill. But it also leaves them with, if Hill were to go down, of course, Riley Reef is still the starter, but Riley Reef is yet to practice. So behind Rashad Hill, who has one career start, there is really only Jeremiah Searles, and he is not a left tackle. So you might end up being in TJ Clemmings land there if TJ Clemmings makes the team. I'm not sure that he will, uh, or Willie Beavers land. Those would be the type of players, though Beavers has spent exclusively his entire camp at right tackle. But that's the area that the Vikings do not want to get into, and they're two players away from being into that area, which made me wonder if they would still look at the free agent market as we go through uh, these preseason games here. But Rashad Hill, I think, has done a pretty nice job during camp, and people have been quite impressed by the way he's handled Everson Griffin with Riley Reef down. And, and we're starting to get to the point, too, of wondering what is happening with the injured players. The, the thing about the preseason and training camp is that they don't have to give updates on a daily basis like they do during the regular season. So Riley Reef has a back injury, we know that, and we've been told several times that it isn't serious, but yet he has not practiced outside of the very first day. He has not practiced at any point in Mankato. When he'll come back, I guess we'll find out, but when you hear a back injury, you don't exactly get excited about hearing that it's a back injury because those uh, sometimes can keep you out for who knows how long. Maybe he'll be right back. Uh, we don't know. Uh, they're playing in a preseason game on Thursday. My guess would be that Riley Reef would not play in that preseason game and that Rashad Hill will get the start, which will be a very good test for Rashad Hill. I mean, he played in Week 17 last year, which was a glorified preseason game. Real reps against some first-teamers when they go to play Buffalo it seems like a really good thing for him for this team to figure out if he can be a solid backup left tackle or maybe a guy that starts down the road. From what I've seen from Mike Remmers so far, I look at him as a replacement level type of guy that he can come in and hold down the fort and maybe he's a pretty decent run blocker. But as a long-term option, probably not. And the way the Vikings have structured contracts, they can kind of move on from Mike Remmers whenever they want to. Maybe if Rashad Hill proves himself, he ends up being the tackle of the future. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention was that Jarek McKinnon and Delvin Cook were uh, splitting up reps with the first team. And that's something that we're going to continue to watch pretty closely and probably won't find out until the season actually starts how they're going to use Jarek McKinnon and Delvin Cook. I, I had a chance to pull Jarek McKinnon aside after practice and ask him about lining up in the slot, which he did during practice last night. And McKinnon basically said during the offseason that he puts a lot of work into route running, that he's made that a focus. And he's prepared to handle whatever type of route or whatever type of role that they end up giving him. And he also said that he thinks the organization has, or the coaching staff has very specific roles in mind for he and Delvin cook and Latavius Murray. Now we're yet to see Latavius Murray. He's still recovering from ankle surgery, uh, but at least uh, they have roles laid out for these guys uh, of when they're going to play and what situations. And, you know, McKinnon kind of doubled back as to not 
give away anything and said, well, you know, I, I haven't really talked to Pat Shermer about exactly what my role is going to be, but I think he has a good idea. And I see lining up in the slot or even going out wide as part of the duties for McKinnon and possibly even Delvin Cook. He's taken some reps doing that this year, and he had some big plays at Florida State on the outside. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if these two, McKinnon and Cook, are a big part of the passing game, which will really be an upgrade from last year. McKinnon was not utilized properly in my mind. He was mostly a checkdown option as opposed to someone that they were targeting specifically in the passing game. And then Matt Asiata, of course, uh, was just, he to me was a below average or below replacement level running back uh, that, you know, comparing him to Delvin Cook is uh, quite a difference in terms of uh, talent level. The depth wide receiver spot was uh, interesting to watch uh, at night practice. Mike Zimmer said that Stacy Coley and Rodney Adams are in the lead for those uh, two spots uh, or for the, the spot, especially that will be left open by a Michael Floyd suspension. And Rodney Adams is a really interesting player to watch because he has some explosive moments, but then there are other times where you're not sure if he's uh, got a good handle on the ball when it's thrown his way. He was out muscled for a ball that was thrown into the end zone, but then he's got some quickness and has been able to find himself open on some of these drills. That's a guy to focus on because he's a playmaker and Mike Zimmer talked about how when you get the ball in his hands he's very quick at moving up field um, but also Stacy Coley didn't do a whole lot in the night practice but Coley has had some good days and he's fast he is clearly a good athlete and a guy that I wonder if he would have been drafted a little higher if there weren't some concerns about how consistent his effort was at Miami because he looks like a pretty good talent here and he was a seventh round pick uh, Jarius Wright is probably going to make the team. I know that Jarius Wright said you're an idiot if you think that he won't make the team. And I, I don't think that uh, that was a really smart comment in particular by him, but uh, he's probably right uh, because Laquan Treadwell has been out for a couple of days here with a leg injury. And Jarius Wright has been taking his spot on the first team. And he had a very, very nice catch in practice under the lights last night. And that makes me think that Jarius Wright is next in line because he's been here, because he's got an understanding of the offense, and it's very unlikely that he's going to be cut. Another interesting thing to watch from last night was Terrence Newman and where he was working. And it might be something, it might be nothing. With NFL teams, you can figure that when they know that everyone's going to be taping practice from the sideline, uh, that or that you know people from other teams could possibly show up from the NFC North put a Vikings hat on and go sit in the stands and take notes. Um, when they know that that's a possibility, they don't show their entire offense, obviously. But it was interesting that um, Terrence Newman was working as a safety at, in different situations last night. And Trey Wayans took most of the reps. That could mean that they want Trey Wayans to just get more work in kind of a big setting or an exciting setting under the lights there. But it could also mean that they want Trey Wayans to really win this job and take most of the snaps this year. Uh, Terrence Newman was very good last season, but I also think that maybe we were hard on Trey Wayans last year for the numbers that actually were put up against him. He had one really poor game, and that was against Green Bay at Lambeau, where Aaron Rodgers got 90 yards on four throws against Trey Wayans. But his season on the whole 
was pretty solid. He ended up with 77 quarterback rating against when other teams were throwing at him and 7.1 yards per attempt, which is average. A few big plays, I think, stuck out in our mind, but he also had three interceptions too, including the big one uh, on opening night there at home uh, against Aaron Rodgers to, to finish off that game. So maybe we haven't given Waynes quite enough credit for what he did last year, but the fact that he was still mixing in and out with a guy who was 38 years old stuck out to us. It will be something to keep an eye on how many snaps Trey Waynes gets during these preseason games. Because if he doesn't get that many, I wonder if that's a good sign for him for playing a lot. If Terrence Newman is getting a lot of work in preseason, then it might indicate that Wayans is going to play a lot more during the regular season. If they're playing him a lot, maybe they haven't decided yet exactly how many snaps that each guy is going to get. Also, um, I, I have kept an eye on Terrell Sinkfield this year. He's a guy that's from uh, Hopkins and played in the CFL. He's a really good story. He's uh, shown some flashes throughout camp, but he was playing mixing in on the third team, which makes me think that he's got a long way to go if he's going to make the team. And Anton Exum was another guy that we wondered if he would have a chance to make the team or if they would move on. Same with Emmanuel Lemur. Both of those guys at this point would have to go backwards a big ways to lose their jobs because Exum has been playing both nickel corner and on safety, which would make me think that his versatility would guarantee him a job. And Emmanuel Lemur at linebacker, he's been playing quite a bit, uh, which also would point to me that uh, they would like him to still be a part of the defense. But I would say this, Ben Gideon got quite a few first-team reps. He's the fourth-round pick from Michigan. And if Ben Gideon can step up and steal that job, then Emmanuel Lemur or might be the one that ends up uh, odd man out there. So all these things will be worth keeping an eye on in preseason. I know that we kind of get deep in the woods when we're talking about second and third team cornerbacks, but I think the, the bigger picture here on, on the Vikings is that they will leave Mankato feeling very good about where they stand on offense and defense after seeing Delvin Cook throughout these weeks and listening to him talk. Uh, I think people in the organization and and the other players are very excited about what Delvin cook can be. And on the defensive side, they're looking long-term thinking this defense could be very good for a long time and signing those guys to the contract extension, Xavier Rhodes and Linval Joseph uh, yesterday. And also Everson Griffin, I think adds a little, a little pop to uh, those guys time in, in Mankato. So there's a lot of excitement on the defensive side from those guys getting those contract extensions. Uh, the one to uh, really focus on this year will be Anthony Barr. And I, I wrote this for 1500ESPN.com that if Anthony Barr returns to being himself in 2015, uh, the way he was then, this defense could be number one in the league. They could be that good. He was one of the shortcomings from last year. And uh, Mike Zimmer, who does not often just blow smoke, said that he has really liked how Anthony Barr has looked so far in, in preseason, which makes me think more that he's confident in how he's going to change Anthony Barr's usage. That's what I think. I've brought this up a few times that I think they'll use him as a pass rusher. They'll move him around more often, and they will try to get rid of some of the things that they did that other teams took advantage of in the passing game with Barr last year. 
I haven't seen any signs of them using dime packages and taking him off the field like some other teams might do with a player like Barr, but the level of confidence that they are exuding about Barr, I think tells us that they believe they've solved the problem from last year. Now, whether they have or not, that's something that uh, we will figure out over the 16 weeks, but the normally, if they're not sure they'll still blow smoke. They'll still say, well, you know, he's working hard or whatever else. But Zimmer really went out on a limb when he was talking about Anthony Barr saying he's tremendous, he's loved his effort, and on and on and on and on. Usually he doesn't do that unless he does have a good feeling about uh, what's going on with a player. So that's what I got for you. I, as always, appreciate all of you tuning into the Purple Podcast. Judd will have more conspiracy theories and hot takes, as he always does, (laughs) when we get back together uh, on Wednesday. So you can look for that, and uh, thank you all for listening to the Purple Podcast. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.